0: Hi everyone, it's Charlie Webster. I hope you're all doing okay. Thanks for joining us for a new episode of My Sporting Mind, where I speak to sports stars about their mental health and wellbeing. And we're heading to Championship Football and to West London to speak to the Queen's Park Rangers captain, Grant Hall. <laughs> I've got to keep up the claps because I've been giving people claps and I oh, really? doing it. then people are gonna think that I've got favorites and stuff. So <laughs> welcome along Grant, how are you?
1: Thank you very much, a pleasure to be on. Uh, yeah, I'm really well, thank you, yourself?
0: Yeah, no, not too bad. I can imagine it's been really mixed for you because congratulations, you've got a little baby. How's Thank been you been? very much.
1: It's been it's been really nice, to be fair. Um, obviously, you know, it's a very strange time to have a baby, but it's nice in a way because we've had that time as a family just to spend together and, you know, share, obviously, you know, the first few weeks with her. And it's, it's been really nice, to be fair. And not the you know, manic of everything outside of, you know, the house and stuff and the outside world. So it's been nice to just just be us, really.
0: Yeah. Has it been hard not having football?
1: It's been really tough. It has been really tough. I think the first few weeks you can sort of deal with it, but it got to a point where you just you just want to be back. You want to be back amongst the lads, you know, just being at a training ground, you know, it, it was nice to be back. And um, I think everyone was, was buzzing to be back, to be fair.
0: How's it? How's it been training?
1: Uh, it's the first week was tough. It was tough. It's like it, it's almost like another a mini preseason, just without. Obviously, it's, it's been difficult because you're not getting as many preseason games in. So it's going to be interesting in the season. Um, having ten weeks off and going into games, you know, players aren't really going to be fully match fit. So um, it's almost like a level level playing field again. There's no form going into the games. Whether you, and whether no you fan... fans. yeah, no fans as well. That's that's. I think it will make a difference, to be honest. Um, I think you saw in Germany, you know, there wasn't many home victories in the first couple of weeks of games. Um, And obviously the fans make a huge difference in football. Without football, uh, sorry, without the fans in football, it's never going to be the same. So I'm hoping and praying that fans can be back in stadiums, you know, when it's safe to do so. And hopefully that's very soon.
0: And it'd be great to talk a bit about yourself in terms of you know, some of the tough times that you've gone through for people that don't know out there, you did have a horrifically serious injury um, and you were out for 18 months and you had all sorts of different types of treatment um, trying to help you. And I mean, I can well imagine how much it must have affected your mental health. And I know that you have spoken about how um, you were living with depression at the time and really struggling with that depression. And I've seen you um, quoted saying uh when your problems are building it's like filling a bath and at one point it will overflow i love that in a you know i know you were really struggling at that point but i love that description because i think it just shows you that you know a lot of people we think oh if you just repress everything repress everything and just ignore it just ignore it be fine but it kind of builds builds and builds can you describe to us like what what it really felt like for you
1: yeah so um it's funny you said that phrase, actually, because that's, um, that's the saying when I spoke to someone from the PFA that he used that phrase. And he said, you know, your problems, it's like a bath overflowing. The water gets higher and higher and higher. And at some point you have to pull the plug and release your problems. That's what he said to me. And I've used it ever since, to be honest. Um, I really like that saying. So I had the operation. And went through another period of rehab, you know. So it took six months after that for my knee to um, recover, and I was able to sort of start training again. Very slow process. So um, I came back and I wasn't in the team, so I was on a bench. You know, I had to play some twenty threes games. Us, you know, I, w- I was still, you know, getting used to playing football again. So I couldn't really expect too much of myself. Joel Lynch and Tony Leiston were playing together at centre back at the time and doing really well in the team. So I had to wait for my opportunity. And in my head, all the time, I'm thinking you know, will my knee be okay? Will it be able to take, you know, the stresses of a game situation? Because I hadn't played enough games consecutively at that time to warrant the fact that, you know, my knee would be fine. So it was always in the back of my mind every day that if my knee does blow up again, that's it. You know, my my career is over. You know, I didn't think I'd recover if it did, to be honest, Um, especially after having the operation and covering every treatment I could possibly have for my knee. So, um, probably the the toughest bit was actually when I was fit (laughs) because I didn't trust my knee I didn't trust myself physically I questioned whether I'd be the same player so I had all these doubts in my head and playing at that level you you can't you can't have doubts you know if you're going into a game doubting yourself you're never going to perform to the level you need to be at Um, so that was the toughest part for me actually when when my knee had actually recovered but it's just it took me it took me a long time to trust it again.
0: How do you think you did that? Like what were the next steps of you when you did, you know, recognise that you needed support mentally?
1: I actually broke down in Les Ferdinand's office with Steve McLaren there. I just broke down in tears and everything had built up to that point where it just overflowed in that moment. And I remember just going into Les Ferdinand's office was, was just to talk about how, how I was with the, how the knee was and stuff like that. Just talking about general things, really. It just, I don't know, I just got overwhelmed in that situation. And that was the moment we all knew that I needed help because everyone at QPR would ask me on a day-to-day basis, Are "You okay? Are things okay?" And I'd always say, "Yeah, I'm fine." You know, I put upon a brave face, and I'm 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 very good at hiding things. To be honest, I have been my whole life. So I sort of it's it's a bad thing to do, and I've learned from it. But I sort of don't deal with problems there and then, and I've learned from that situation. But that that point, I needed that because if I didn't have that. I wouldn't be the same player, you know, because I'd, I'd constantly doubt myself. And it took me a period of probably playing 12 or 15 games in a row in that season, to like towards the end of the season, where I could say, yeah, I think my knee's going to be OK here. It takes time, you know, to to recover from 18 months out of my career. It took me probably another 12 months to feel sort of myself again. So it's a, it's a long time.
0: Yeah, no, it is it is a long time. You know, you know, people that have been through injury or kind of something traumatic like that, it's almost like they go through a period of trying to work out their identity or almost it changes or it strips their identity. I, I mean, that's what I felt in, in something that I've been through myself. It was almost like, OK, I'm I'm still here, but I don't feel like myself anymore. Yeah. Did you sell that? Would you say that that kind of, was true for you?
1: That was me. I f- that was me, to be honest. Um, before the injury, things couldn't have gone better for me at QPR. You know, my first season, I signed. The fans didn't know me, so there was no expectation. So I sort of go in with a bit of freedom, freedom, sorry, and express myself. Um, and I got Player of the Season that season, and then the second season as well. Things went really well. You know, um, had a good season there, and then the injury struck at the end of that season. So I think for me to go from being on s- such a high to pretty much being rock bottom to be honest through that injury um it took me so long to sort of it's taken to this season to be honest for me to feel myself again you know it it basically took two years out of my career because when I recovered from the injury I still wasn't the same you know um, I wasn't the same person I wasn't the same player it took me a while to trust my body again and just to have that little bit of belief again to be honest I think before that my confidence was sky high and then to have that setback and I mean you get people questioning you as well which is difficult to deal with you know I've I've seen a few things now where they say if I pick up, you know, it might be a little niggle. It's nothing to do with my knee. They will say, Ah, oh, he's injured. He's he's injured again. He's injury prone. He's this. He's that. I had one injury, you know, at QPR. I had one bad injury, which was my knee. So for me to see people say that, it it annoys me a little bit to be honest, because it's not like I've had multiple multiple injuries. They they say I'm injury prone. I'm this. I'm that. But it was just my knee. That was that was, that was it. You know, and um, it was a really serious injury.
0: It's interesting that injury tag, isn't it? I've heard that so many times.
1: It's it's look, listen, fans are fans. Like I, football's never the same without fans. But I find it hard when someone doesn't know you as a person as well. You know, they they don't know what you're like. And I was desperate to get back fit, absolutely desperate. And for people to sort of, I think, question me at times. And I've seen a few comments where they they're saying, "Oh, he's not the same player," you know. Um, it's it's difficult for me to see that because I think this season I've got back to myself. Maybe it wasn't as good as my first season. My first season couldn't have gone any better. But I feel like I'm still that same player. So um, it's it's difficult for me. It is difficult when I see some of them comments. I sort of I don't react to anything. You know, um, is what everyone's entitled to their opinions. I, I fully respect that. But I think when someone doesn't know you as a person and doesn't know what you've been through in the period of time where I went through the injury, it's hard for them to sort of judge me. That's how I see it anyway.
0: Do you think that's also why it's hard to speak out um, as a man, but also as somebody there, there's this expectation that you have to perform all the time. And then if you, I don't know, say that you might be struggling or you're not okay, it's almost like you're not allowed to be. Do you know what I mean?
1: I think so. Yeah, I, I really do think that because they, you know, they see you as, you know, you're a professional footballer, you're playing at a high level, you know, this is always thrown around, you earn X amount compared to this person, that's always tracked about. Um, but it's such a pressurised environment, football, you know, you're expected to perform every game at the highest level. And to do that, you have to physically be at your best. And most importantly, mentally, you have to be focused. If you're not focused for a split second, if you're thinking about something else, that will affect your performance. And. To be honest it's the same in life it 's not just football If if you 're thinking about something it's, say you 're doing doing a job and your your mind is somewhere else you 're focusing on something else you 're not going to do that job to the best of your ability because your mind you 're not concentrating on it you know you 're not focused so it is difficult at times football and uh, for me it's okay not to be okay you know if, if you 're struggling it's it's not a problem everyone in life struggles at some point you know you it could be any situation you know you may lose a friend a family member close to you you know you might get sacked from your job you know something might not be going so great in your life and it's about how you deal with that situation but speaking to someone is the best thing you can do whether it be a friend a family member a professional it doesn't matter that's that's the best advice I can give to people is speak to someone because I kept it in for so long that I let it build up and build up and it got I got to breaking point with it you know I was I was at a dead end with it to be honest and um I needed help yeah and I'm not ashamed to admit that.
0: And you absolutely shouldn't be and Grant why do you think you found did you find it hard to say that you needed help or was it was it the stigma or was it actually recognizing it in yourself?
1: I think it was actually recognizing it to be honest because you don't really know you're struggling with depression at the time to be honest I I didn't think I was depressed there's a period of probably five or six weeks where I went out drinking every weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday with my friends. I used to obviously be in training in the week to do rehab and stuff like that, and I'd have the weekends off. But c- because I was doing the same things, you know, repetitive stuff, and my knee wasn't getting better, I I wanted to come away from football. And for me, it, it was a coping mechanism I used to forget about football for that brief period of time. You know, the next morning, you know, all the feelings come back, uh, and, and you feel terrible. But that wasn't right. i am not I'm not a heavy drinker at all. But, you know, people... Uh, My friends saw it as me having a good time at that time. You know, I thought I was fine, but it was me coping with a problem in my life and it's not the right thing to do. It's not, but um, I didn't really accept that I was, you know, in a in a dark place, to be honest. I, I, I didn't really want to accept that, you know, to be honest, I was at a point where I thought my career could be over here. If things got that bad, I thought, you know, I, I did think my, my knee wouldn't recover. It got to that stage where I tried everything and the only avenue left to go down was the operation. Um, you know touch wood luckily that's worked and i've not had a problem with it since my knee's been good as gold but um it, it was difficult for me to deal with yeah
0: and you said about you're somebody that's good at hiding problems um or yeah. how you're actually feeling has that changed in you now where do you think that came from is that just how you were brought up
1: yeah i think um i've always been i've always been like that i've always been that way I'm, i mean uh, I, if i have a serious problem the first person i'll go to is my mum if I have a really serious problem, like, I, but if, if if it's just a small problem, I, you try and deal with it yourself and you don't really, I guess I don't really wanna burden anyone to be honest. Um, but now if I have a small problem, if it's with my missus or whatever, we, we talk it out there and then. I like to deal with a situation there and then it's squashed instead of letting it build up into maybe something worse. And then, as I say, the bath, the bath saying, you let things build up and build up, it overflows eventually so that has changed my outlook to be honest it's helped me deal with certain situations a lot differently
0: is that something you implement in being a captain as well and in the changing room because i can imagine it's not always easy right
1: yeah listen it's never easy for someone who if they've got a problem to especially in a a change room environment you know um you don't really want to be seen as mentally weak or this or that it's sort of football it's it's sort of dog eat dog at time you know it's it's you know, you've got people that want your shirt as well. You know, if you're in the 11 you've got players that want to be in your position. You don't really want to give them anyone that, you know, that little edge. Or So it's so as a captain, to be honest, I think you need to deal with players in different ways as well. I think that's a skill, you know. Some players you, you can have a row with, you can shout at on a pitch. And some players you've got to put an arm around and say, look, you know, come on, you, you, you can do this. Or I think players react to different situations differently because... As human beings we're all different we're not all the same people so I think I think being a captain this season as well has um, helped me because it's given me that added responsibility and I feel like the players obviously have got that faith in me and trust in me and so and so, as the manager you know he's given me, he's given me the armband and it sort of gives you a confidence boost that you know you're you're sort of loved at the club and you're respected and you know you're given that responsibility to lead the team and I've always said i've because of what i've gone through, if anyone has got a problem. I speak to him straight away. I'm always willing to listen because I know how it feels because I've been through it.
0: You mentioned the phrase like mentally weak. What would you associate with mental
1: strength? <laughs> Literally just what I've done, I see that as the biggest strength possible. Just coming out and speaking, just speaking about your problems. I see that as such a big, massive strength, to be honest. And I don't know how people could see that as being a weakness before. I really don't you know all of us struggle with mental health but i think having being male as well in a, in a football environment there's a lot of pressure on you at times and it was just i th- i see that as i see that as a real strength speaking about your problems it doesn't matter what it is don't don't be embarrassed about it like it doesn't matter how small the problem you you think it might may be it's still a problem and if you deal with it there and then you know it's done and you it's not it's not on your mind and it's not it's not worrying you you know, on a day-to-day basis and affecting things you, you're doing. So for me, I, I mean, I, I was guilty of it. I, I saw it as maybe a weakness before because that's how it's portrayed in the world. You know, the world of football. It's not just football, it's everywhere. Every walk of life It's portrayed as a weakness and I don't understand why, to be honest.
0: No, I don't actually. And also within football, would you say that having a healthy mental health Yes. is important for your performance as well because massively. it's not like you just separate who you are on the pitch I can imagine to then the person you are in your home you're still the same person
1: massively i think i think mentally it's the most important thing to be in a good headspace um, physically you know you might feel tired some games you might you, you can sort of physically you can sort of maybe sometimes get away with being 80 85% but mentally if you're not right in that one game that one situation you know it it will affect your performance it's a fact if you're fully focused on something and concentrate you'll you'll do that to the best of your ability so mentally i think it it's massive if it's not just football it's everything you do you know anything you want to do in life if you're mentally focused you you will be successful at it and you know being being at a high level as well and everyone's watching you your eyes are on you all the time you're expected to perform you know because you're, you're you're expected to be an elite athlete and stuff like that. but there's going to be times where you will be struggling it's a fact because as I said we're not robots we're all human beings you know we have feelings we might have problems outside of football you know that are affecting us um, but if you're in a good headspace and everything in your life is sort of on track and going well and you're happy I think you will perform to the best of your ability, in my opinion.
0: So, you know, talking to you, Grant, like the main thing that's come up so much is about how important it is to actually speak to people. Is there anything else that you would say has really helped you um, and that you use even now as a... that you say to yourself as little things that you do?
1: It's mainly speaking, to be honest, I think, because that was... That was actually the biggest problem I actually had because I say say I've I've hidden things well my whole life. That gets instilled into you and it's very difficult to change that, to be honest, because that's you as a person. But this has helped me realise that it's okay to talk about things. As I said to you, it might be the smallest thing. I might be having an argument with a missus. I might think I'm right and she may think she's right. But if we saw it there and then, it's squashed, you know, and it doesn't become a bigger problem, you know, we're not falling out or anything. It can be the smallest thing, really can. Um, and I think if you speak about it there and then, it, it helps you. It does. It's, it's, it's a fact.
0: Do you think in a way that's made you closer in your relationship? Because I always feel it's when you have that rawity and that vulnerability, that's when you can actually really see somebody for who they are and really love them.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I actually met my missus at the period of time during my injury. So in a way, she actually saved me because as I say, I, I was going out, you know, every weekend with my friends drinking, you know, there's obviously you're single, so there's girls, you know, and I think she saved me in a way because she she sort of, I got on with her and, you know, we started seeing each other and, you know, I started we started doing stuff that occupied my mind as well, whether it's, it's doing things for the house or she helped me focus on things again. Whereas I'd lost that focus, to be honest. I I stopped caring about myself. I didn't really care. And I was going out and just doing whatever I wanted. And I stopped caring about football, to be honest. I, I fell out of love with football a little bit during that period of time um, because I thought that was the end for me. You know, I thought I was never going to play again. That, that was my mindset at the time. I was on a downward spiral, to be honest, and I didn't know which path I was going to take or what I was going to do after football. In my head, I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got bills to pay, um, like everyone else. So... It was a bad time to meet someone, but a good time at the same time. Of course, they're seeing how you are at that time, seeing you're struggling, and she helped me cope with that situation better. And now we've got a baby girl together, so um, it kind of all worked out, to be honest. So, yeah, um, I love her, you know, complicitly, and that will never change. And I feel like she she's made me a better person, if I'm honest.
0: That's nice to hear. I can, it's yeah. nice to like watch you as well, smiling. And so what about, you know, what, what are your goals, I suppose, for the future then is, you know, at the moment it's obviously just getting back into football after the, well, during this coronavirus period. But what's the goals personally for yourself? Is, is management something you would look at? Would you want to stay in football or have you not really thought about it?
1: Sam, it's a good question, to be fair. I actually had this conversation yesterday. It's been on my mind for, for sort of the past year, knowing that, There's going to be a period of time where it comes that I'm going to have to seriously consider what I want to do after football. If I'm being honest, I don't think management's for me. I probably would like to stay in football. In some capacity, but that's something for me to think about. You know, I'm I'm 28 now. I'm still, I'm still relatively not young, but youngish. You know, Um, you
0: are young. Yeah,
1: young. Yeah. You're Um, not even 30 yet. I know, I know. But I see so many players now, like they're 18, 17, 18, and they, you know, it's sort of a different world now. To be honest, I sort of feel a bit, I feel feel a bit older now, uh, more experienced. But no, I'm I'm still young. I'm I'm definitely still young. I've still got a a lot of time in me. You know, my career, I hope. And um, but I think. In the next couple of years, I'm going to have to seriously consider what I would like to do. It's
0: interesting in terms of, you know, I don't think it's talked about enough, in my opinion, around the fact that you almost have two careers, right, as a footballer. Your career, what comes around early to mid-30s, you know, if you're lucky and then that's only a small part of your life.
1: Yeah, it's such a short career. I mean, you may turn professional when you're 18, 19, you may retire when you're 35, you know, you may retire early, you don't know, or later. It's such a short career, and I think you need to maximize that as much as possible, and try and be the best you can be. Like, listen, it'd be it'd be great to retire at thirty five and not have to worry about money side. But even if that was the case, say you had all the money in the world, say you was a billionaire, you're still gonna want something to focus on and do to stimulate your mind. You're not just gonna sit around for the rest of your life and do nothing because you you know you'll go insane. And I think it's very difficult because if all you've known is football as well, it's very difficult to f- focus on what you're going to do next because all you've ever known is football. You've not had other jobs, you know. I really do understand why why a lot of footballers struggle when they retire with the mental health side of things. You know, with say they might be you know addicted to gambling or might become alcoholic or you know, into drugs and do the wrong things, and a lot of footballers become bankrupt after retiring because they don't know what to do and it's something that i feel like you need to put something in place while you're playing whether you open up your own business or you find something so it can be a smooth process instead of going into retirement and then thinking well what do i do now you know i really do feel like it has to it has to be put in place while you're playing
0: yeah it's almost like that purpose right you know we talk about money but actually you know it's about
1: Listen, life's not about money. Money doesn't bring you happiness, that's a fact. You, you can have all the money in the world, you could be miserable. But listen, all of us would love to be in that position where, you know, you don't have to worry about things. But at the same time, your mind has to be stimulated on doing something. You can't sit around your whole life doing nothing. Anyone that says, oh, I'd, I'd love to have all the money in the world and just do nothing, it, it's bizarre because you'll get to a point where, you know, you've done everything you can do and you'll need something else to focus on. You know, it's almost like that excitement of something new. So, yeah, I, d- I don't really understand people that say that, to be honest. <laughs> life's about experiences as well, you know, experiencing different things and, you know, having a mindset where you can sort of broaden your horizons a bit, you know, whether if you want to go travelling, you want to see different places of the world. That's, that's something that you're never going to get that opportunity again. Once your life's sort of been and gone, that's it. And you want to be in a position where you can look back and say, you know, I, I did everything I wanted to do. You know, I'm, I'm happy with where I am now. And that's, that's my mindset, to be honest. I want to get to a stage where I can look back on my life and, you know, my kids have grown up, I've got grandchildren, hopefully, and I can say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy with what, what I've achieved in my life and, you know, the process I've been through. I don't want to look back and have regrets, to be honest. That's, that's, I think that's the worst thing you can do. I think looking back and having regrets, because you, you'll never get this opportunity again. We all get one life. That's, that's all. So for me, it's about just enjoying it as much as you can. I agree with that (laughs) and
0: uh, it's a nice place to finish so just a a final question for you um what would you say to anybody that can relate to some of the stuff we've been talking about and also in terms of maybe somebody is struggling but can't quite accept it or is worried about you mentioned being a burden or the stigma around depression um let's speak specifically about depression or even noticing that they're using alcohol as a coping mechanism as a distraction from how they're actually feeling what what advice would you give them or what would your message be
1: first and foremost don't be afraid to you know speak about it and we've spoke about it being a strength it's not a weakness you know it's, it's a massive strength if you can come out and talk about it the relief you will feel just just through talking about your problems is huge. I think that's that's the main bit of advice I can give to people. Please speak to someone because it's a horrible situation when you let things build up inside and and you feel like you've got nowhere to turn. But there's always someone you can turn to, and that's what I've learned. I mean, I I'm I'm here. If anyone listens to this, you know, needs to speak to someone. If someone's struggling, I'm on the end of the phone because I've been through that. I've been in that situation, and and it's horrible. So. I sort of understand more that if people, you know, need to speak to me, I'm more than happy to speak to people as well. So um, me and you having this conversation now, it's almost like a freedom when I speak about it, to be honest. And listening to someone's side of things as well, you know, their point of view on things and the things they've been through in life, I feel like it can help you. You know, I can tell my story now, which I've done, you know, and hopefully people will listen to this and, you know, they might think he's been through that, you know, and he's, he's a professional athlete, you know. So it's okay for me to be going through this and it happens in life you're going you're going to come to some stage where there's going to be a bump in the road you know you're going to have an obstacle to overcome and if you don't know how to deal with that situation and you you don't get help in that situation you're going to really struggle because everyone needs help at some point with something we all need help you know nobody's perfect if if we all went through life with no problems at all you know it, That's not humanity to me. You know, um, humanity is helping people. You know, we're we're all the same. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so
0: much. It's been great. I've loved talking to you and really appreciate your time as well. Thank you so much.
1: It's been a pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed speaking to you. And good luck. Thank you very much. The
0: the weird season, (laughs) like 36 days or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre, but, you know, it is what it is and everyone's in the same situation, you know, so um, it's just nice to be back.
0: We'll we'll be watching. Uh, And thanks so much for joining us. Hope you've all enjoyed listening as well. And are you on social media?
1: I'm on Instagram, not Twitter. It's Hawley underscore 91. So H-A-L-L-Y underscore 91.
0: Got it. Um, If anybody wants to drop you a message um, or drop you a comment,
1: yeah listen anyone anyone listening that wants you know wants to private message with me if you know what we spoke about today I'm more than happy you know to speak to anyone
0: thank you and myself as well you can contact me on instagram or twitter and thanks for this episode as well to sport in mind charity for their support and if you're struggling please think about reaching out for help i think it's the predominant message um, throughout the conversation with myself and grant and the samaritans are on 116 123 and the nhs line is 111 and both are available 24 hours a day seven days a week nobody will judge you and you're not a burden and it's completely normal To need help, I think, throughout life at times. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks again, Grant. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Appreciate it. Chat soon. Thank you.
1: Take care. Bye bye.